0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs.
1: Hello everyone, I'm Sam the queen of rock and roll dogs and you are listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio, a rock and roll show all about pets, people, and pop culture. I'm live from Las Vegas and today I'm talking about deaf dogs, leashes, and other great stuff for our pets. So stay right there.
0: Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture.
1: Hello everyone, I'm Sam, the Queen of Rock and Roll Dogs, and welcome to the show. I've got a great show for you planned today, lots of information, lots of news that's been happening in the pet world. With me today is my husband, James Dorigo.
2: Also known as the co-host.
1: He's the co-host, and he's also my engineer, which is wonderful. And the engineer. And in studio, we have Mr. Twix.
2: The executive producer.
1: We have Miss Thornton.
2: The co-executive producer.
1: And Miss Galaxy.
2: And the other executive producer. And
1: she's in heaven. So, uh, so that's that's our lineup for the for today. We have a a a lot of people. I always say dogs are the best people I know. So we have a lot of people in studio today, (laughs) and I think people will relate to that. Uh, Recently, I've always said my pet sitter, but recently I've just been saying my babysitter for my dogs.
2: Why? I've never known. Just I've just I've just started doing it. It just makes it simple. Are you going to morph into a cat lady eventually?
1: No, because you're allergic to cats, Mr. Jim.
2: Well, I, I was. I don't think I am anymore. I don't think you... I, it's funny. I may have evolved.
1: It's funny. We. we were, I was on, uh, interviewed last week on a show and Jim came with me and they had cats and you seem to be fine. Would you not yeah, say? Yeah,
2: I, I, I think I may, maybe I've immuned myself.
1: You've it, immuned... Well, maybe, you've, I've immune, maybe you've grown out of I've it. I've
2: immunited myself. <laughs> I've got immunity.
1: Well, if you're new to the show, I'm so glad you're here. And if you're one of our regular listeners, thank you so much for tuning in every single week. Or if you actually just download the podcast, thank you for that also. It's wonderful. We have a worldwide listenership and it's exciting when people reach out and they say, oh, we're in the Netherlands, oh, we're in Spain, we're in Australia. And it's just really, really exciting that we are spreading the word. I think we're we're in our fifth year. I can't even remember.
2: On radio? Yeah. Fourth year? Fourth, year. fourth
1: year. Mm-hmm. I'm not one that keeps track of time. The only thing I really know are things like my birthday, which is coming up next week. Um, anniversaries, Christmas, uh, you know, key, key um, dates. Other than that, I don't remember many things. It's not that important to me. <laughs> what do
2: you want for your birthday?
1: Oh, I have no idea. Usually, Jim says to me, do you want fashion or technology? Because I love both. And might be leaning towards technology this time because it's always nice to get new equipment for the studio. I get very excited I'm about it. Not sure that. what you're interested in. Well, I know I need some new lighting for for when we do our live stuff. So, who knows? I can get a whole whole big list. Oh, Jim, I think something just happened to my poor iPad. Can I take yours from you, please?
2: Well, for what reason? Because it
1: it just, I don't know. Is it plugged in? It is. I don't know what happened there. That was very, very strange indeed. Well, if you are new to the show and you want to connect with us in other ways other than listening, which to me is the best thing that you can possibly do, (laughs) uh, you can find us on all manner of social media platforms. Do you want to tell everybody where you can find us, Jim?
2: You can find us at VegasRockDog.com. You can find us on Spreaker. You can find us on um, uh, Instagram, t- Pinterest, Twitter, <laughs> there you go. Facebook.
1: Well done, well done, well done. And we have a blog. Our blog is
2: therockandrolldog.com. The that's
1: right. That's our blog.
2: You're surprised, aren't you? There? I am actually. Yeah. Jul- <laughs> you did that to test me. You wanted to see if I would have a failure on the radio. Where, else can,
1: where else can people listen to the mm-hmm. show, Jim?
2: They can listen on their phones, on their mobile devices.
1: Yeah, but where? Mm? Where do they go? What do they do?
2: They go to Spreaker.
1: They go to they iTunes. Can go to
2: iTunes. They can go to um, iHeartRadio, iTunes,
1: Spoke, which is the new app from SiriusXM. Yeah, I don't
2: know about Spoke, but well, I,
1: I I just started compiling the list yesterday, and there are a lot of places. I'm working on a brand new website, a brand new website, which oh, I lost my patience with it yesterday a little bit. It just, you know, it just got on my nerves. I should have had more, um, what did they say? Um, breaks (laughs) can I have your iPad please Um, I wish I'd had more breaks because I think my patience would have stretched a little bit further but putting a website together and despite me wanting to put together a very very simple website it's never quick even if it's simple or not Um, and this new website is purely purely want to catch the show there's a
2: reason why it's not working I
1: know I I just realized it's not turned on my my power's not turned on here you've
2: got no power
1: do we is the power turned off in the bottom there? What the heck? Is this crazy or what? I, no, it's I have on. no light. No, I have no light. No power.
2: What's well, on? How
1: strange. We're, we're taking a turn here. We're going going down a whole different path. Is that weird? Oh, I can see. <laughs> you know how how is it? Have well, you got the power plugged in? Uh, it just fell out from the back.
2: Well, here you go. I oh, your iPad back good there. grief.
1: No, it's okay, Jim. I'm going to hang out with yours. He, Jim's got the new one. He's got the new technology.
2: It's not new. It's old.
1: Well, it's not that old. So I have an iPad, too. Can you believe that? I still have that thing. It's still trundling along. Well, like I said, we've got a new website in the works. Hopefully, we'll have that launch for next week, and it'll just solely be for content of the show. Nothing more nothing more, not any any of the other things that we do because we have a website for that. It will just be, boom, go to VegasRockDogRadio.com and catch the live show or listen to a previous show. Very, very, very simple. Well, Jim, lots to talk about today. And that's going to be my first thing. Well, you know how I mentioned the kitten lady and the little kitten Chloe that she found that was... um, paralyzed has my mic not been on that whole time
2: no it's on you're blasting loud right now you might want to like
1: i don't think my mic was on
2: no it's on you might want to like clean your ears or something because uh, my <laughs> headphones blasting me out now
1: well i like it that way well are you sure that my mic was on
2: your mic's been on the whole time otherwise you wouldn't have heard so anything. what was that then
1: what did I just hear then?
2: You just heard me crank the volume for your headphones because you can't hear right because it, you need to clean your I ears I couldn't out. hear. Honestly. That's what you need to do. It
1: signals to Jim. I can't hear myself through the headphones. Oh, let's get on with this show, Jim. Okay, so so the kitten lady, she's the one that saves these, these teeny tiny kittens and they come in all kinds of conditions and they don't have mummies to look after them and she becomes their mummy basically. Well Chloe was one of the kittens that she found and her vet said mm, it's you know the kitten's paralyzed in its back legs so she was not about to just live with that and just go okay and accept it. She decided they would go for some treatments and one of them was acupuncture and it was the acupuncture with electrodes and I watched that video and it was wonderful because that little kitten's leg started to move in its tail and and then this week I saw another video where the kitten was using its knees to crawl, like a baby would, before they start to walk. And then, this this is just fantastic, it's becoming the norm. They had a 3D printed set of wheels made for the kitten, customized with a name on it and everything. So that it can aid in her being in the upright
2: position to walk and to start using her legs. Like a sulky harness. Like two, two wheels strapped on to her? Four wheels. Four wheels. This was
1: a four-wheel situation. And because it was 3D printed, the measurements were exact. I have all faith this cat is going to fully recover. And so that's my update today. She's got wheels. She's got, you know those silicone wristbands? They actually had a name put on them. Well, they're like, they're like uh, what's the word? An imp- like as an impression of her name, uh, Chloe, on them, and they were stretched over the wheels. So she's just all pimped out. You mean like a, a etch? Like, yeah, look, yeah, and they look like a little like a tire. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> now they've got them, but I have all faith that she will eventually throw her wheels away and make a full recovery. And that's because they decided to go all out. They believe that life is life, and it was important to do that. There was a comment this week made by someone on, I followed another little dog here in town who had to go in and have emergency surgery. And yeah, these surgeries are expensive. They just are. And you just, oh, I acknowledge it, suck it up either raise the money or you know pay for it or put on your credit card or do care credit or whatever you need to do people do it because they're worth it but there was someone on this post and and the dogs come out of this wonderfully her name is daisy i think it is she's come out of this wonderfully this surgery but someone said i just don't get it
2: what is the surgery
1: it was for a heart you could see a heart beating out of that that dog's chest
2: oh my
1: oh yeah So, of course, it was very stressful when they took her in for surgery, just wondering, oh, my gosh, is she going to come out of this? And what's the result going to be? Well, she's doing wonderfully well. However, there was someone and there's always someone that said, I can't believe you would spend all that money. She's a foster cat, by the way, a foster dog. Sorry. Why would you spend all that money when you could spread that amongst a bunch of other animals? (laughs) I just wrote, you know, life is life. Some people don't get it. Life is life. I don't care whether it's an old dog, a young cat. I don't care. If, if if you love them enough, you'll take care of them and give them the surgeries that they need. And I thought it was just a strange comment. Don't you think that's weird? A little bit. Yeah. I don't want to be friends with that kind of person. <laughs> but uh, the type of friends I have in my circle are people that love animals. And this week I've had two friends reach out and say, hey, I'm looking for a little dog to adopt. And I really love Yorkshire terriers. Both of them said that. Luckily for me, I have a friend that fosters for a rescue, and she always seems to have little cute fluffies. And, half a dozen and near there. Well, they belong to her, that half a dozen, but they're all they're all a Yorkshire Terrier type. And so it made me very excited. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. And I recommended the places where I think they should go for rescue and told all my rescue friends, tag me if you get cute little um, Yorkshire Terriers in. So that always makes me happy when, when people reach out to me and say, where's the best place for me to adopt an animal? And then I tell them, you must tag me once you get them. So that's very, very exciting. Here's a topic, Jim, for you. We've covered this before. We've talked a lot about deaf dogs and and deaf dogs come either, uh, you know, they're born with it or born with deafness or partial deafness or they lose their hearing as they get older. Mm -hmm. And I did read this very good article on Deaf Dog Blog, by uh, Catherine J. Henderson, and the title was I Hear I Help Dogs Hear. And she has a dog called Brady. She had a dog called Brady, actually, and she realized over time as he got older he started to act a little bit different. And he wouldn't respond the same way when she'd say we're going for a walk and do you want a treat. And and what was happening was he was losing his hearing. And, and the sad thing was she said he stopped greeting her at the door because he hadn't heard her pull up on the driveway. Hmm. And so she would ha- what she would have to do is do something different to get his attention, which we've talked about before with deaf dogs, which is sometimes you have to use touch, of course, signals, and she would say sometimes she would just cook something because it would pique his interest. He would smell something. And she'd have to be very careful approaching him if he hadn't seen her, so, not to startle him, but he was losing his hearing, and obviously, that changes the quality of their life and their demeanor. Sometimes they get a little bit insecure because they don't know what's going on when someone comes to pet them and they don't see them. Now, she said at that time she'd very conveniently become licensed as a hearing aid specialist. Her dad was an audiologist and had been for 40 years. and. They'd opened this practice in Elizabeth City in North Carolina. And she said this gave her the flexibility to research and really think about how she could help deaf dogs with hearing aids.
2: Really? Uh huh. That's new. That's breaking news. Uh, that's fantastic. Breaking news. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, of course, she's got access to some wonderful resources and obviously her dad's experience. And what she's been able to do is repurpose human ear hearing aids to custom fit in almost any dog's ear, no matter how big or small.
2: So at least they get the human spectrum of hearing. I mean, dogs have that 100 yeah. times better hearing mm-hmm. than we do when they're fine. But, yeah. but at least they'll hear your voice.
1: Yes. She's, what she's done at this point is she's fit seven dogs with hearing aids, And and she did indeed fit her own dog, Brady. He did very sadly pass away. But she said she thanked him for helping her find her purpose in life. And she said she's had successes and even more failures (laughs) as with anything like that. You you. You're you're dealing with a dog, not someone you can tell them exactly what you're going to be doing next. So there are some challenges there. And of course, with fit and that kind of thing. And she says she's learned so much from the successes and the failures so that she can really start to perfect this. Now, she says she's not an audiologist and she's not a veterinarian Uh, and she's not a scientist. But she says, I am an avid animal lover and an observant person. And of course, she's got her dad's experience to fall back on as well. She puts deaf dogs into two groups, just as I mentioned earlier, dogs who have hearing loss, which is a con- uh, congenital deafness, which are typically those white dogs. They're, they're called piebald. They're called merls or double Mills, and they're often referred to these dogs as white dogs. We did a show on this, actually, covering how how
2: these dogs are born deaf. And Bernard lettuce. Yeah. yeah. We kind of got introduced to that with Bernard we Chavez. We did,
1: and with um, Christina Lee from Deaf Dogs Rock. You can check out their website. If you do have a deaf dog or you have a friend who's got a deaf dog and they don't know what to do or they're losing their hearing, go to deafdogsrock.com, a resource beyond the, the premier advocacy group for deaf dogs in the United States. You'll get tons of information and support, which is very important. And there are dogs that, of course, are losing their hearing due to age, noise exposure, certain medications, and some other medical issues. So it's not just always an age thing. And she does note that any breed or or color of dog can lose their hearing, but some breeds and colors are more susceptible than others. And both both groups of these dogs, they they contain uh, candidates that are good for hearing aids, but not all dogs with hearing loss will benefit from hearing aids. So she's determined, determined a candidis- candid... That's a hard word one. Hard word one. <laughs> hard word to say. Candis- candid... Candidacy Candidacy for Hearing Aids by Trial and Error. You
2: need word help today. I
1: do. And that's how, how most things improve, is through trial and error. And she interviews the owners. She does some very simple tests that give her an idea of how much amplification the dogs need. Now, you'll be able to talk about this, Jim. Typically, audiologists, they perform the... B A E R tests, which is the brainstem auditory evoked response on dogs. This is the same test that audiologists perform on young children and it gives a more quantitative result. The testing is ideal, however, it's very, very, very expensive. When you had to have Jim Jim had custom in ear monitors for when he plays on stage made, did you have to have a hearing test first?
2: Oh. But I've had many hearing tests in my life. Uh, you know, at various levels of comprehension, your comprehensiveness, excuse me. And, uh, you know, with the uh, the pitch and volume and, and the random tones, and you're in the booth with, uh, with the neutral booth with the headphones, and it's really eerie because you start hearing all of your body sounds. <laughs> you know, it's so sterile. And then uh, I remember when I was a kid, because I had a lot of hearing problems as a kid, so I was at the ear doctor a lot. Um, there's that other test they do where they actually take a tuning fork Oh and yeah. They strike it and they stick it on the bone behind I've your ear. I've had that you, one. You don't just hear through your ear hole and your eardrum, but you hear through your bones. Yeah. And uh, that's interesting too.
1: So, so what Jim does is he he has these custom in-ear monitors so that he they don't have to have a monitor on stage, but he can actually hear it in his own ears. Um so you didn't have to have a hearing test. Although you do have perfect hearing, correct? It's
2: pretty good my hearing. Despite a childhood of uh, ear problems. Yeah, it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, it's incredible, really, to think about that. Equipment, of course, costs tens of thousands of dollars, which is this test we're talking about. about. Her goal is to be able to have this test, this equipment, and uh, test on dogs and other animals. And our goal, again, is to have a clinic and a network of providers around the country. I see that being a very, very big need because it does improve the quality of their life if they're a good candidate. The process of fitting a dog with hearing aids is very similar to fitting a human. So what process did you go through for your in-ear monitors?
2: They inject your ear with this, you know, when you have had um, molds of your teeth made, that gooey material that oh, sets.
1: Oh, I did know the name of that. What was it Basically, called? Basically,
2: they just take that and stick it in your ear, let it harden and then pull it out and then make molds from it.
1: And that's exactly how they do it for the dog. So it's a custom mold of the ear canal made by injecting a material, usually a silicone based. I did. Why do I not know? Remember the name of this? Because I worked with it. Remember? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember the name of this product. Anyway, it'll come to me. Um, and then they capture the exact size and shape and re- reproduce the most comfortable and secure hearing aid. Uh, how are yours? Did were you were you amazed at the fit when you had your in ears and you put them in?
2: Yeah, and they're they're Is- several years old now, and so they start shrinking. Oh, they do. The oh, fit changes. So I'm I'm going to be due probably by the end of this year for another pair, just because. You know, your ear changes and then the material itself changes, it dries out over time, and you don't get the perfect fit. Well, I would
1: think out here, especially since we're such a dry climate, that it probably would, um, what's the, what's the, escalate, not escalate, speed up that drying out process, I'm sure. Shrivel. Shrivel it up. <laughs> now, of course, some dogs are going to tolerate having an impression done. And they're good. They'll lay down and and be great. Like Thornton, she would be fantastic. Mr. Twix would not be. So sometimes they'll give a light sedation to create in these impressions. And then they're sent out to the hearing aid manufacturer and they're made into custom hearing aids. So what's the next step? Let me tell you what the next step is. It's to program the hearing aids to the desired settings. Once they're programmed, you put them on the dog and this this part takes a little bit of patience she said and certainly some practice most dogs are are very adaptable and resilient in new situations uh, she <laughs> she said in this article, us humans could learn a lot from them. Yeah, I agree. But they will still need a period of time to accept, get used to them. And she just said, you know, wearing them as much as they possibly can is what gets them used to it. Sometimes we'll try and pour at them and try and get them out of their ears. But eventually they realize that oh, they're not coming out. And then that's when they settle down and start to respond to the sounds that they haven't heard in a very, very long time or haven't heard that well. And uh, to see this, to see that reaction is just just incredible. And uh, she fit her other dog, Birdie, with them. And once they were in and her sister spoke to the dog, the dog just responded immediately with a waggy tail and just said it was just a wonderful feeling because they're improving the quality of their lives. And she said, you know, her biggest, biggest success has been with senior dogs who have lost their hearing, most likely due to age. And so I say, you know, she says well, that begs the question: What about these white dogs then that we've talked about earlier—the ones that are born with uh, with deafness? And she has a dog of her own called Zoe, and and Zoe has hearing aids. Uh, they're made by Siemens hearing instruments. Who are yours made by?
2: Westone.
1: Oh yeah, they're good, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, they're a very reputable hearing aid manufacturer in the world, and. She says she's, she's not been able to figure out the perfect fit for her, but she, she's just not giving up and um, she'll, she'll continue this work. I just think it's great. And the, her last quote if, is, if there's one thing I've learned on my quest to help dogs here, I've learned that if there is a will, there is a way. And I refuse to believe that anything is impossible. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio with me, Sam, your host, the queen of rock and roll
0: dogs. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture.
1: I love cleaning the litter box, said no one ever.
2: Let's Talk
0: Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop Culture.
1: Welcome back, everyone. So that was uh, Deaf Dogs we talked about and the possibility of hearing aids being something that will be available for people as as more research goes into it and perfecting the technique of getting the ear molds done. I think it's very very exciting times and we'll of course put any links that we find that we talk about on the show will go up on Facebook. If you are listening on the podcast, you'll see those links in the show notes. I'm out of breath. Why? <laughs> I to run to the bathroom on a commercial break. I don't think I've ever done that. Have I
2: ever done that? No, I don't. I think that's a first.
1: Never have I done and, that. And
2: why should you be out of breath by going 20 feet down the hallway? Because you
1: were shouting, hurry up. I was not. <laughs> I said, if I don't come back, Jim, you have to speak on the
2: mic. I, I wasn't shouting.
1: <laughs> well, I have, I have some tips for you. Well, it's not even a tip. It is a tip. It is a tip. But this is really a safety issue when it comes to the types of leashes that you use for your pets. And one of those is the retractable leash. We used to use them way back when, didn't we, Jim?
2: Yeah. we. Well, I mean, it was one way of kind of having your dog's leash but letting them be free to explore when you're out in the park.
1: Until we found out. Until I
2: got some leg burn.
1: Until you experience the full scope of a retractable leash so here are some reasons why you should not use a retractable leash and if you don't know what that is and if you're listening in from england it's a lead we call it lead did you know that jim a lead and collar uh,
2: we don't call them that here's here. a leash and collar mm-hmm.
1: it's a very bulky actually handle with a spring-loaded device inside, housed inside this big giant plastic handle of a thing. And it's designed to fit in your hand comfortably. And it does. I will give it that. That's probably the only plus, is the fact that you can hold it comfortably. And there's a button, and the button controls how much of the cord extends out and how much of the cord comes in. Uh, they do give this like Jim said, a sense of freedom for your dogs to explore, but some of these cords go up to twenty six feet long, and so the length of these uh yeah that 's that's that 's long that is really really long, and that means uh, a situation can turn rather dangerous very, very quickly. A dog on a tractable leash is often able to run into the middle of the street. That that was one of those concerns. I preferred it when we only use them. As I say, we no longer use them. But say we were out at, say, Lake Mead. It's all open, open nature. No traffic, no roads, nothing like that.
2: Nothing like getting that leg burned, though. Oh, still
1: turn. though, still though, they can get into all kinds of danger in nature. God, danger, nature—that's a song, that. <laughs> uh, so they can run into the street, or they can make uninvited contact with other dogs and people, and and you don't have the level of control that you would have with a normal lead or leash. So control is a big thing. How do I control my dog if there's a situation? If a dog runs up to us and they're not leashed, and my dog is leashed, but they are 26 feet away from me. How are you going to get them back and get control of your yeah, situation? And, you know,
2: like some people have dogs that are just amazing off-leash that have incredible recall yeah. and, and attention. And, you know, we just, we're not lucky enough. We have dogs that are very reactive sometimes, so we need to keep them on a leash to keep them under control. But when a dog that's off a leash comes near us, you know, our dogs feel like they're at a disadvantage, mm-hmm. like they're tethered, and they so are. they get more reactive.
1: They do. It's terrible, and then you you only have a certain degree of control because you can't control a dog that's not on a leash that's trying to, you know, attack your dogs, or it just can get crazy. Even if it's just a friendly interaction, those cords are so thin that you get your legs get wrapped around them, and you you got a burn.
2: Leg burn.
1: <laughs> leg burn. <laughs> it is. It hurts. And it scars as well. And the reason I was taught, wanted to talk about this today is because there's a story in the news, this exact same thing, but a little girl had the cord go right across her neck and that could have been so much worse it could have been fatal seriously yeah. depending on how big the dog was uh, what this i think w- the story was that they were just walking in the park and the dog would run across the path of them I, and oh. right into her neck oh. yeah isn't that horrible
2: can't even imagine
1: so the dangers are both for, for your dogs and, and for yourself as well so if you don't you can't get that control Sometimes you can't see the actual cord itself. You get tangled up like Jim did. It got a, a, a burn. What do you do? You try and grab it so it's not going to wrap around your legs. And what do you end up doing? You burn your hands. You cut your fingers. Oh, it's just a, it's a living nightmare. So there, there are risks of injury all around. Cuts, burns. Uh, you can get pulled over. And so what if you think about this, you know, what happens when you run out of leash? Your dog gets yanked. You get yanked. And then often the cord breaks. Now you've got a dog on the loose. It causes neck injuries, uh, injuries to the uh, trachea, spinal injuries. you think, I run, 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 run. Oh, I've just run out of cord. Yank, both you, you and the dog on the opposite end. Not a good situation, is it? Uh, and here's another one. <laughs> I'm always, always panicked when I see dogs running towards us. And I go, oh, is that dog on the leash? Is that dog on the leash? Because they look too far away. And you can't see... They're either not on a leash or they're on a a retractable and you can't see the cord. It looks invisible. That's a panic in itself. But it will cause your dogs to react as well. If they've got, you know, 26 feet to run towards your dogs, you're going to get a reaction. That cord sticks as well, doesn't it, Jim? Yeah. It will stick. You're pressing your button to try and retract it. Nothing is happening and you're losing control with every second as it goes by. We've had this, I say this terrible, terrible experience ourselves, so we no longer use them. They're bulky. and What happens when, they, oh, when the dog runs and you let go, you accidentally let go of the handle?
2: It's like a big, clumpy, heavy thing that could bounce and hurt somebody. Or...
1: And then your dogs get frightened because something's loud behind them and they keep running and it's still following them, which is the big clunky handle. Now you've got a dog on the run. It's going to keep running because they don't know that that's the, the handle that's clunking behind them or frightening them to death. So not a lot of good points <laughs> for retractable leash when you look at it from a safety standpoint. You're better a control off standpoint.
2: really having a well-trained dog that has good recall well, that's leaving the, it off leash.
1: You know, that's a very, no, you don't want them off leash because you have the laws, Jim.
2: Yeah, but, can't we're, break we're, the laws. but when you're in, when you're in places where the laws don't apply and you're out in open land and, and your dog is running in fields, we have family members in England that go up to the fields and the yes, dogs run free. That's a whole different. When you story. go places where you can be off leash, you need a dog that has good recall.
1: And here's another problem it causes for you: if you have a dog who's very good on a leash, and then all of a sudden you adopt a retractable or you use both, you're going to start teaching your dog out to pull. 'Cause they do pull on those things. They run, run, run for twenty six feet and then they just keep pulling and the cord has run out. And if you've got a dog that's great at walking on a leash calmly, then you're going to really confuse your dog as to and you'll probably get frustrated. You'll probably get frustrated. So stick with a nice simple leash lead. In fact we need to get shorter ones. Ours are six feet and I don't like a six foot leash. I do not like that. I think
2: for where we live, five would be good.
1: Yeah, I do. I like, I much prefer a shorter leash. I think
2: five feet is would be good for our. Because,
1: you know, a six foot leash, I always wrap it around my hand, but some but people. I people have to watch
2: out. Hey, my dogs like to go for runs. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when they're going to stop. Oh because yeah, they smell something, and I'm either <laughs> gonna I'm gonna run right into them, or I I'm know. gonna fall over. I know. So I mean, yeah, I think for me, when I go out with them, five would be better than six. Six is a little long, but six sometimes is just right because if we're in a little stride and they smell something and they stop and turn tail, they they could be full stride and stop. I can't.
1: Yes, I like a short, so, I like a short leash, but that, I think it's because I'm short. i like i just like to make sure i've got control (laughs) over them And, and right now we seem to have a lot of rabbits out and about so there's definitely a lot more for my dogs to react to when they're out on their walks and we we just we've just got really hot by the way our temperatures are really really high so we're not doing too much of that that's for sure and just on a whole other i guess a tip mode leave your dogs at home don't take them with you in the car. It's t- too hot just to put them in the car and wait for the car to cool down. It is just too much in these summer temperatures. Don't don't take them with you. Leave them at home. They'd much prefer to watch Netflix and <laughs> lay on the couch in the air conditioning. It's it's. The, I don't think I've never known any dog say. Yeah, take me in that boiling hot car and leave me while you go and run your errands. (laughs) My dogs definitely would never go for that. Well, Jim, let's take another uh, quick break. We're going to talk about the alpha myth, the alpha dog myth. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio with me, Sam, your host, the queen of rock and roll
0: dogs. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio and iTunes. Let's talk pets live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets,
2: Let's talk pets. on Pet Life Radio.
0: PetLifeRadio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture.
1: Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio. With me, Sam, your host, the queen of rock and roll dogs. Jim, tell everyone how they can listen to the show if they're just listening in for the first time.
2: You can go to iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spoke, You can go to VegasRockDogRadio.com, and it will link you over to any one of the myriad of formats that the show is uh, housed on.
1: What about iTunes? I said iTunes. Oh, you did? That was the first thing I said. (laughs) Testing me again. iTunes is the main one. iTunes is the main one. because It's an app that most people have, which is great. Okay, let's talk about alpha dog, the myth of the alpha dog. People are still talking about it. Someone talked to me about it this week, and I said, you do know that's a myth, don't you? Based on some research, but some research that then was invalid because some other research was done. Have you heard of Schenkel's classic wolf behavior study?
2: No, I don't know about that one. So this
1: is where the study... Schenkel? Schenkel. Schenkel. Yeah. This Remember is-
2: Robbie Schenkel? No. A sax player friend of mine in Nashville.
1: Oh, I do. Yeah. Huh. It's
2: a good guy. Good sax player.
1: Uh, Jim's a sax player, by the way. <laughs> uh, Schenkel. So th- he did this study on classic wolf behavior. And it was done in 1947 and it was Expressions Studies on Wolves. This is a study that gave rise to the now outmoded notion of alpha wolves. That concept was based on the old idea that wolves fight within a pack to gain dominance, and that the winner is the alpha wolf. Today, we understand that most wolf packs consist of a pair of adults, called parents or breeders, not alphas. And then, of course, there's their offspring. Rudolf Schenkel was the first to come up with this alpha theory. Now, remember, this was 1947. And David Meech also studied wolves in captivity and also came up with this alpha theory until David Meach studied wolves in the wild. And the hierarchy is two parents and they're young. And he retracted the alpha theory due to the research Uh, that dogs are social animals and it's up to you to guide them and correct them and you don't have to use force or dominance. Now, Dave Meach is a wildlife research biologist who has studied large carnivores, especially wolves, and their prey. So there was a difference with them in captivity and a difference with them in the wild. So they retracted that, but people have stuck with this theory and it does not apply. It does not apply. Now, they say, oh, you can be dominant with your dogs, but they're going to be dreadfully scared of you. And who, because they're going to obey out of fear. I mean, they're going to obey you out of fear. So, that what you do with me? No. But what kind of a relationship is that? It's not, it's not, it's not how you bond. It's not how you understand, because you'll never see it from their perspective, whatever you think that you're the dominant one and you're right and, you know, I'm going to be over you. It's an awful relationship, and I think the more that we see the see dogs from their perspective, the better we'll communicate. This week, uh, this week, I, I met with my friend who's an animal communicator, Alicia Halloran of Healing Habitat. We talked very much about how we communicate, the ways that we communicate, and how much better it is when your pets understand you and you understand your pets it's not just about your pet understanding you you, you can't say hey, okay you're a dog now you understand english <laughs> or whatever language it is it's a it's a two-way street and it's understanding when they do this this means that and and how you can communicate better and I trust me we we talked about the little things that our dogs do and you go oh my gosh they understand i understand them this is wonderful It makes you very very happy your bond is stronger you don't need dominance you just don't i loved the fact that i I found found this research that went so far back and you can read all of it online it is on there in pdf format jim
2: i love pdfs
1: you do love pdfs
2: Mm, i love a pdf but there's something. There's nothing like leafing through a magazine or a book, though. There's something that, like, no matter what, you like to just have a book or a magazine.
1: I, you know, I can't say the last time I bought a magazine. Mm. The Trouble is, you can read them too fast. Well, especially the junky ones. <laughs> you just read them far too fast, and I can't say the last time I picked up a book. I'll be honest with you. But I, uh, I do read a lot online, Jim, because I like to do my research, as you know. I know. Yeah. Well, a little bit more of research that it did this week. Is if you are listening in from England, I feel your pain. You're going through a general election <laughs> and uh, everybody deciding who they want to vote for. Well, there are many, many parties in Britain, and one of Britain's smallest parties is the Animal Welfare Party. Did you know that we had that?
2: Good grief. You have a party for everything there.
1: We do. We do. We have the Green Party, which is all about the environment, and then we've got this one, which is the Animal Welfare we party. just have
2: two parties.
1: I know. No, you do have other parties, but you
2: have a two that count.
1: Yeah, no, we have plenty. We have we have plenty. So I did find this this information about the animal welfare party. They they know they're small. They know they're probably not going to get voted in. However, it does allow them to get their message out and connect with audiences in a way that they may have not been able to previously. So there's a great advantage to that. And, and they have a vision, and I really do like their vision. The vision of the Animal Welfare Party's vision is to be of a fairer, more equitable and sustainable society for all. And their policies include improving human health, saving national health service funds, protecting the environment and global food security by promoting healthy plant-based diets. So this is more than animal. Well, it's related to animals. I'm okay
2: with it so far. Yeah.
1: Phasing out farming practices and systems with poor welfare consequences for animals. Clear labeling of all products with information which allows consumers to make informed choices in line with their own principles on the environment, health, animal welfare, and the social circumstances in which a product is produced. Oh, I'm a big proponent for that. I can't stand this. all this misleading labeling or stuff that's just omitted or words you don't understand. It's terrible. It makes it very difficult to to select the right foods, supplements. Ew, it makes me crazy. I'm all for that. They're also, also um, in support of phasing out animal experimentation with binding targets for a reduction combined with proper funding and real support for alternatives and increasing penalties for those convicted of animal abuse. Therefore, redirecting farming subsidies away from livestock and fisheries farming and into plant-based agriculture. Ending live animal export and reducing journey times for animals traveling to slaughter within the UK. This is detailed. Ending all slaughter without prior stunning, as in stunning the animal. Um, independently monitored CCTV for all slaughterhouses. That's an absolute must because the abuses are just, I can't even... I can't even. Um, and then to breed specific legislation, yeah, they're not there yet, which are the puppy farms and the sale of animals online and in retail stores in the exotic pet trade. They're, they're actually doing very well with that. They were in parliament with that one. End. About
2: the exotic animals.
1: About puppy farms, animal uh, buying animals online, uh, getting them from a pet store. They, they did very, very well. And in 2017, the general election manifesto is going to be released shortly. It said, and uh, they they have them ready there for you to download. They have, as um, I say, they're going to want to increase penalties for those convicted of animal abuse. I think they did one recently. I think they want to increase it to five years. I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. They want to they want to um, extend that to five years minimum. And I think that's I think that's good.
2: They still have debtors' prison in Britain. I don't know.
1: You can research it.
2: Mm. Uh, <laughs> there were lots of reasons to go to jail in England yeah. back in the day. Yeah. We they like jailed everybody.
1: We love you in jail. Get in there. Learn a lesson. Mm. <laughs> uh, they, of course, want to end the badger cull and oppose any repeal of the fox hunting ban. That's a big topic well, right badgers, now. Badgers.
2: Remember, we know who uh, is in charge of the uh, Brian May. badger advocacy. Yeah,
1: Brian May of Queen. Brian May of Queen is the Biggest badger advocate is the top one, and here's the thing: Theresa May wants to put the fox hunting ban back onto the ballot for people to decide. Now the ban's already in place, but she still wants people to now to kind of redecide. <sighs> It's exhausting. We want to just keep the ban in place. Um, she wants a strengthen companion, animal welfare, with an end-to-breed-specific legislation, the sale of animals online, like I said, retail stores and exotic pet trade, phase out that those farming practices that we talked about, and uh, uh, animal testing. It's, I think it's great. I really, really like their manifesto. So, yeah, uh, uh, back to the actual anti-fox hunting. So, yeah, so that's the animal... Welfare Party in Britain. There are other parties. There is one here, and I can't find the name of it. They keep saying there's one here, and I can't find the name of it, but there are a few. There's one in Canada, a couple in the South American countries. and um,
2: Political parties for animals.
1: Yeah, political parties for animals. I've never heard of them here. But like she said, it's a great way to to be to expose people to their party and their work. Wonderful. Love it. Absolutely love it. Talking about the fox hunting, anti-fox hunting campaigners went on a massive march and the news did not carry it in London. It was huge. And Theresa May wants, uh, wants to put it on the ballot and everybody said, just let it stay as it is. Um, it's, it's inhumane to allow dogs to rip and terrify um, a fox into pieces. It's not right. and She wants a free vote on repealing the ban. So um, Not a lot of happy people when it comes to that, but they marched down on Downing Street. It was huge. I can't believe they didn't cover it on the news. They barely covered it. And uh, There was an estimated two thousand campaigners that marched on Oxford Circus to Number Ten, and they singled out Mrs. May. Our placards, and they att- they were attacking her as prime- our Prime Minister. And their chants were no excuse for animal abuse. Cull the Tories. Keep the keep the ban was, their, was their, one of their, their chants. Uh, I just oh, I have a hard time believing that more people would want a Fox to be killed than those that prefer not to. I find that would be scary. That would be very, very, very scary. Uh, this, this action was organised by an alliance of anti-hunt campaign groups after Mrs May said she supported the outlawed activity. Mm. And would renew a Tory election pledge to revisit the controversial subject. Good grief! There's just no good reason to lift that ban. There is no good reason. Ah, okay. So that's uh, what was going on there, and we'll keep you up to date on these. Our elections take a very, very short period of time in England, which they would adopt it here. It was painful. Each year is painful. Every it's like it's never ending. It's like never-ending campaigning. Just
2: have an election. Why we have another one coming up? It it honestly, in the springtime, in the fall time, every two years, every four years. It
1: honestly feels like that, and the campaigning starts so early. It's oh, stop! It's very, very short in England. I want to say it's. I actually, I'm not going to say, but I think it's less than three months. I'm sure of it. It feels like it's not even that. But oh goodness me. Well, my last piece of uh, of news, this is a little out there. Florida dog trainer had his license revoked because his greyhounds tested for cocaine. Yes, I said cocaine. Can you believe that?
2: What the heck?
1: It's something else, isn't it? And so um, it began earlier this year where a greyhound named Flying Tidal Wave finished a race and was promptly tested after Oh, that's, this is a show we have to do anyway on greyhounds. We have to. The urine sample revealed the dog had cocaine in its bloodstream and within wow. two weeks, I know, two weeks other dogs belonged to this trainer. Malcolm McAllister tested positive as well. According to the Tampa Bay Times, McAllister's license has been revoked and he is a veteran dog trainer. Oh, yeah, I bet he's a trainer, all right, who began his career in 1918? Yeah, dear me. This is the second time the division of... Parry Mutual Racing has taken action on McAllister's license. I bet the first was for not properly displaying his racing license. Ah, oh, McAllister denies he personally gave the dogs cocaine. <laughs> Where did they getting from that? You said it like cocaine, and that's how you I say said it, said it. Like
2: Dewey Cox. Who's who's that? Remember the movie with with Will Ferrell? No. What? what? Give me some of that cocaine. Oh, it's, <laughs> what, How's that make? How's that cocaine, cocaine. make you feel? it makes you feel real cocaine. good. <laughs> That's right from the movie.
1: You, I didn't know that.
2: Don't you remember that scene? No,
1: I don't love to watch it.
2: Tim Meadows. Which film again? Dewey Cox.
1: Oh, I don't think I've seen it.
2: Walk but, Hard was the name of the movie. But
1: I do love Will Ferrell. Beyond, oh, it wasn't Will Ferrell. The, oh. it was the
2: other guy. Well, yeah, it Dewey. No, it was um, Tim Meadows and the other guy that played Dewey Cox was the guy that was uh, opposite Will Ferrell. In, uh, in those movies. Oh,
1: gosh. This is all getting... We're going down a, a maze here. Cocaine. Anyway, <laughs> McAllister designs, designs denies he personally gave the dogs cocaine. He told the Tampa Bay Times that one of these undesirables had to have either dropped or administered the campaign. The campaign. I can't speak for say? cocaine.
2: The campaign for cocaine. Oh, my
1: gosh. One of these undesirables had to have either dropped or administered the cocaine implying that one of his helpers is responsible for this oh. yeah we're going to do a show on on greyhound racing and horse racing as well it's a it's a terrible archaic cruel cruel sport cruel sport and from what i can gather i want to, it's very big it's very big in australia I think they're actually shipping out dogs to China to do this. Mm. Do you know what I saw this week? And you're going to think that I am off my head. But in China, they are racing dogs with cheetahs. I kid you not.
2: You mean the cheetahs are chasing the dogs? Yes,
1: on the track. I could not believe my eyes. Well, that's
2: a no-brainer. The cheetah's going to win, but then it's going to tear the dog up. Mm-hmm. What the heck?
1: And they go, oh, it's just a natural thing. They're this doing their like, natural thing.
2: This is the Roman Colosseum all over again. It is. 2, like, it's exactly what I later. thought
1: when I saw that. I th- I thought that exact same thing. I th- this is barbaric. This is. We're going backwards. This is just unbelievable. So of course they use the excuse. Well, they, this is you know their natural instincts. Well, yeah, it is, but it's not natural to be on a racetrack. It's just not. And I don't ever remember greyhounds and cheetahs being together in the wilderness. I don't ever remember that. And it's terrible. It is terrible. You think you've seen it all, and then I see something else that's crazy. And then we're morbid. And then they are. And then we do a show on it so we can help people understand what's going on so they don't attend greyhound racing and horse racing. I know the horse racing can seem very glamorous because everybody likes to dress up, put their big hats on and stuff. But if they knew What's going on behind the scenes? And as you know, so many of those horses get injured and die on that track. And for what? I mean, really? This is its for money. It's dreadful. And I would never want to be a part of anything like that. So don't ever think of inviting me to a... What's that big race you do here? The, the Derby?
2: That's not the Derby. It's the it's Derby. Kentucky.
1: So then, oh, hello? It's the Derby. We call it the Derby. The Kentucky Derby. Derby. If you ever go to England, you don't go to Derby, you're going to Derby. Anyway, I don't invite me. Yeah, I love to wear a big hat and a beautiful dress, but no, you won't see me at those events. But we will do a show on that, and we'll spread the word. And that's why I love the type of show that we do, because we like to make sure that we're on right on the pulse of what's happening in the animal world to bring you news, good news, sometimes bad news, like I said, uh, but it bring, We're advocates. We are. We bring it an awareness, and you know, like to bring you the latest research and great topics and and uh, good stories. Very good stories. I love how
2: people that uh people that don't care for animals call animal advocates, animal activists, <laughs> yeah, animal do. extremists. <laughs> yeah,
1: they do. I don't know. It's a funny thing. I, I do see people attack others who are purely caring about animals, almost like it's a bad thing. It's the strangest mentality I think I've ever come across. I'm like, wow, so you think caring about animals is a bad thing? Wow, this is just weird to me. But there's lots going on. I said there's there's lots going on in the news, good, bad, ugly, Um, great news like the Hearing aids for dogs, I I think that could be something that we see, uh, you know, explode over the years as to be something that's a a normal device that you could get for your dogs if they're a good candidate. Um, Don't you think, Jim?
2: Yes. Were you paying attention? Slightly that time.
1: (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, it's great to uh, come across these stories and people doing wonderful things out of a passion of animals. Now, as I say, you can get all these links on our Facebook page. I'll put them up uh, just after the show, but you will find them in the show notes on the podcast itself if you want to follow these stories and these wonderful people. I'm trying to think what else has been going on in the news that's been been some nice stuff. I mean, really nice stuff like the kitten getting its wheels and, you know, the hearing aids for the dogs. What other good news have you heard recently, Jim?
2: I haven't paid attention to the news this week. I actually saw my first two movies in months and months and months this week.
1: When was that?
2: When I watched uh, Seal Team Six and BFG. <gasps>
1: oh, we did watch that. Ah, oh, you see, now you know the only thing I didn't like about the movies the fact that they use the dogs. I, I've I've expressed this before. I don't like dogs that are put into danger. I know they're trained, but a lot of them die and get injured, come back with PTSD, uh, hearing loss. That's a big one, they mm-hmm. come back with hearing loss, and I just i i have a hard t- I do have a hard time with that um dogs yeah for therapy dogs that improve people's lives they have a great bond with the people that they're with uh not so they don't have a bond with their trainers when they're going to the military but i I don't like the idea of a dog going in first and
2: well that's war. you don't have we don't have a game and cat in the fight on that one what do you mean we are a dog in the fight what do you one. mean? It's war, and the and I, there's a whole different set of priorities and reasons why people do things. I, I know, we, we, I, I
1: know they're invaluable, and not I'm not saying that. I just don't like it. I just don't like it. It's it's a tough one. It's a very hard one. That one. But animals clearly play a very very big part, important part in our world, and aid people in so many ways that uh, we should honor them just a little bit more. Not just dogs, but all kinds of animals. You know. Um, there's a there's a therapy rat. His name is Everett. That's great. You, I think you've met Everett. No, you haven't met him. No, he's fairly new. But but animals, all kinds of animals uh, can help us in many, many ways. But yeah, he's a therapy You need rat. a
2: therapy rat.
1: I don't. I got, I've got two. <laughs> I've got two of them. <laughs> They're napping at the moment. They're just relaxing. It's, you know, it's the weekends. It's what they do. They have they have a very charmed life. When I come back in my next life, I'm coming back as my dogs <laughs> because they have a really fantastic life. And so do you, Mr. Jim. And on that note, we are at the end of the show. Yep. Remember, if you've liked the show and especially if you're listening to it on, on a podcast, you have the ability to share the show with your friends on social media. And we always appreciate a direct share to your friends and family, especially those that really, really, really love animals. And remember, you can always help an animal in need, either rescue, adopt, donate, volunteer, or share their information. And you can rescue your next family member. We always recommend that. Replace the word shop with adopt. And be kind to all animals. Thank you, Jim, for being my guest host today.
2: You're welcome, very much.
1: (laughs) And today you've been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio, where it's all about pets, people, and pop culture. I'm your host, Sam the queen of rock and roll dogs and always kiss your pets good morning and good night and i'll see you next time
0: you've been listening to vegas rock dog radio pets people pop culture
1: visit vegas rock dog radio for more information find us on facebook twitter and instagram and subscribe on itunes and iheart radio and remember, give your fur babies a big kiss from me, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. You must not rely on the information this broadcast from our host as an alternative to medical advice from your veterinarian. If you have any specific questions about a medical matter regarding your pets, you should consult your veterinarian or specialist.